Mesdames et messieurs. <laughs> That's an awesome beginning. Okay. Okay, so let's play podcast. Um tonight, today, sometime. Are we uh we are going to we are going to be so sorry about this. So anyways, if you don't cut this out, uh this is the start of the podcast. We actually have guests. Uh there are two guys who will be joining us. They're going to reintroduce themselves because we know them for a couple of weeks, couple of years, couple of decades, decades or more. Uh and today's or tonight's or to uh, whatever time you're listening to this the topic is security. Uh we are going to touch on cloud security. We are mm-hmm. going to touch on security practices. We are going to touch on what's new in security today and what we can we expect and we are going to try to give some sort of advice uh how to keep yourself uh safe in such a way that you think you are safe. IT security of course. Yes. So, <laughs> let's roll the intro. Now you. Who me? Yes, you. Who you? Who something? Somebody. Okay, <laughs> introduce the guests, please. Uh okay, uh on my left, first my first guest or our first guest on the left is uh, Zlatan Moric. He is our head of uh, department of uh, cybersecurity. And the second guest is Damir Regward. He is our uh colleague from our department of operating systems uh, uh the uh, now lecturer used to be just an assistant but now full-time lecturer and the reason why he, uh, why d- uh, those two guys here are with us today is because uh Zlatan is overall a security expert and uh Damir has been working with various aspects of network and other types of security for the better part of past two decades and is also a PhD student uh, PhD student in the college the diamond technic phd in on the topic of cloud security okay so all the guests are on your left so let's start with something yeah, on the right yes <laughs> uh, yes so let's let's start with the questions mm-hmm. uh so guys is the security even possible can can you, can, can you be secure on the internet can you be well, on the internet no without okay. internet yes maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> are these trick questions or no 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 i need i need something to break the ice because uh, everybody says how to be secure on the internet my main purpose main, my main main uh, thought is always you cannot be secure on the internet if you are online you are insecure you may be thinking you are secure but you are not secure so uh let's start with some sort of advice can we be secure on the internet if we make some sort of an effort or let me rephrase the questions what would be top 3 things the, that you would always do before you connect to the internet so that you are secure on the internet as secure as you can you can be so basically you can think that you are secure on the internet if you do all the patching all security configuration etc and in uh, that point you are secure if someone don't know some zero day exploit which are non known so you don't know about it so basically if someone find some exploit for your web browser and you don't know about it even visiting sub page you can be hacked 
Without. Okay, but let's let let's now uh, forget about APTs and targeted uh, attacks. Let's just uh, imagine that we are the average Joe of the internet who is just browsing. He's not a particular target for anybody, so he's not being targeted. So if I'm not targeted and I may be involved in, uh, unfortunately, uh, get a zero day vulnerability uh, uh, that is going to uh, breach my security, but this probably won't happen to an average person. So basically, what do you mean when you say that you are not targeted? By I mean I'm not a person of interest to anybody who is doing uh, specific targeting of people. So nation states, uh, targets, malware organizations, and so on. So because you don't I, have any money. You uh, can't pay yeah, anything. I have backups, and uh, if they, uh, the most important thing that probably they can uh, extort me for is my data on my computers. And since I have backups that are offline, I mostly don't care about them. So if somebody is trying to extort me money by uh, doing malware, I don't care. Uh, they can try to target my uh, bank uh, transactions, but okay, let's say that I'm not that kind of a target. But so basically you mentioned that you are not target for some APTs or something yes. like that. And you probably heard about Lazarius. APT group, which are North Korean state yes. sponsored, and uh, main things they do are just uh, hacking for money. So, with like FBI think that about 13% of uh, GDP of North Korea is made by Lazarus group. Holy moly. So basically everyone is target. Okay, but are they are they distinguishing between people who actually have money or they are just uh, not critically attacking? So, uh, so basically, if they find some zero day exploit for I don't know Chrome Edge or something, they will target everyone. Okay, but can I avoid being a target if I just use I don't know a small set of normal uh, size that I'm always using? Let's say uh, that I'm not using porn and I'm not using uh, torrents or movies. So basically, in most cases, yes, but you go to some, I don't know, news uh, portals okay. or something and all these news portals selling uh, some advertising part of page. So if I'm Lazarus group or something, I will pay for advertisement for every news uh, website and put some malware in that part of the website. You you will think that you are on CNN page and you are, but basically some code from that page will do something on your computer. Okay, so basically now I'm depressed. Okay, anyways. Uh, as opposed to usual. <laughs> as, as opposed to usual, but uh, I thought that by uh, limiting my exposure to my surface, I was trying to say, there is a possibility that I may be avoiding most of the problems. So basically there is some magical triangle, say security, uh, functionality and use, uh, easy of useness. Okay. So basically you can be secure on the internet. Mm -hmm. But the, you the just need to disable, to you just need to disable support for JavaScript. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, if it's fine for you, 99% of page mm -hmm. will not work and so I can be secure, but uh, the internet is going to be unusable. Yeah. So that would be like installing Windows 95 using an old version of Netscape Navigator and trying to yeah. load a web page. And you will be 
probably 100% sure, not with Windows 95 because... Because uh, reasons, yes, yes. obvious. But, but the Netscape will be safe. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's, let's all go back to old versions of Netscape and everything is fine. Uh, mm. This is the thing I was just uh, trying to think about. Uh, what would happen if I would switch to something that is so old that almost all the internet doesn't know about it? So if I actually switch to Netscape, because Netscape doesn't know what JavaScript is. Netscape is not capable of rendering almost anything, including CSS, that could be a problem. But okay, let's ignore that problem. I wouldn't be able to render HTML5 which could prove to be an even bigger problem. But, th but then I would probably get just a digest of text of pages uh, being uh, simply text. So mm -hmm. probably you, you can use VGET uh, or something like that. Links. It's the same as using Netscape for uh, everything. So probably you will see in a way as a mean to be uh, only web pages which are 20 or more years old. Mm -hmm. Everything which are newer, you will not see almost anything. So what I need is tails as a as distribution and I need links to connect to them. I'm going to get some sort of information out of it. It's not going to be nice, but it's going to be pretty secure. Okay. Or, or just uh, don't use any web browser, use uh, Viget or curl or something and just parse text <laughs> in, in your head. So th th there's basically links. Yes. Yeah. So okay. basically we're going, we're going to go back to Gopher. Yeah. But now, okay, now, now let's let's make more sense. Uh, do you have any questions? Just keep on. I because for some reason, I'm interviewing, interviewing people. Yes. I, I, I used to be a journalist, but also you did that. So I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So whether, if you had to ask a person uh, something on security, what would you ask, uh, Damir? Is there, let's say, some point at which uh, investment into security, specifically, let's say, from perspective of cloud, becomes something that's relevant for everyday user, not for business users, but for everyday users. Would you use as a, as a private person, would you use some, something like some kind of a, let's say cloud-based security software or AI or ML or whatever? Well, you have a lot of services that actually are using on the cloud. So it's probably cloud secure protected. So probably you will use it. Whether you use it, some cloud of service to protect your own PC that's a very, very good question because you need to have internet connection. Mm -hmm. Is internet connection secure or not? That's an issue. Chicken and egg problem yet again. Yeah. But okay, I could, I could, I could solve the problem because I can always use uh, disposable, like Tails, I can use a disposable uh, Linux that is going to basically completely reset itself after the session. So my internet connection suddenly becomes non-problem because whatever I do at my home is going to be reset every time I start it. And I can start it from, I don't know, uh, read-only medium and just uh, everything's going to be in, in memory. I'm going just to reset it and then start again. So if I base my existence in the cloud, is it possible to actually be secure? The, nothing is 100% sure, but probably it's, it would be, I wouldn't say secure, but much more cheaper for you. There is another way you could use virtual machines for that. They're a much more yeah. convenient usage model. Yes, a yes, lot of security yes, experts do yes, that. Yes, but uh, we we still don't have any known exploits related to virtual machines. But for example, it's 10 years ago, there was some vulnerability, for example, for VMware Workstation, mm -hmm. uh, which allow you escape from virtual machine to host. Mm -hmm. So basically in uh, security, uh, 
security talk, etc. There is, uh, let's say, uh, big hole or something talking about blue pill. You probably heard about mm -hmm. theoretical speaking about that. So it's a probably uh, related when someone will find some vulnerability to some of hypervisors, hypervisors. Mm -hmm. There are actually quite a few lately uh, related to all of the above. VMware's ones and Microsoft ones, I've saw some, and yeah, KVM, uh, not a lot of people but, use, but still. But the, the, uh, all these vulnerabilities were related to connecting to that uh, services, but uh, VM escaping mm -hmm. is uh, yeah, yeah, it's really very dangerous. Privilege escalation problem, yes. obviously. Uh, well, you could theoretically create a VM that only uses a certain physical network card, which would isolate it from the OS, but still escaping from the VM might be a yeah. problem. Yes, okay, I get it. So these offline media, some read-only media on, I don't know, CD drive or something booting from that, it's uh, most secure, but again, this triangular security In functionality. In terms of conv convenience is yeah. non-existent, right? We do know quite a few people who do that though. We have a colleague that, that does that, yeah. who does that a lot. Yes, and uh, he's so used to it that uh, he's usually faster than me doing some things that take me time, although I have my uh, entire environment configured, and he always starts from scratch. So this is the, the amazing part of it. But okay, I'm, let's not go into it. Is maybe Chromebook ecosystem uh, close to this? Because Chromebook itself is relatively protected. Google from what I know, I haven't heard that they had any security breaches of uh, mention. So when it comes to their own infrastructure. So basically, uh, when we're talking about all these, let's say, rare operating system, etc., uh, there are, I don't know, 10 years ago, everyone thinks that uh, Apple uh, most secure operating mm. system. And the reason for that is because it wasn't interesting for any hacking groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically, if you, for example, in Croatia, want to write some malware or something, I think that is much easier to do it for the Linux operating system than from uh, for Windows. Mm -hmm. And uh, if that malware needs to, I don't know, steal your money for your connection to uh, internet banking, how many people in Croatia use Linux for connecting to internet, internet banking? banking? Yeah, probably. Uh, basically close to zero because none of the banks support Linux as the operating system with their <laughs> with their cards. So I would say that this wouldn't be a viable <laughs> take so, for a So card. basically, you know that we organize Hacking Night competition every year yeah. at Algebra. In most cases, we have assignment uh, with virtual machine uh, with Linux operating system because uh, in most cases when you install and configure Windows machine, update everything new, there is no vulnerability. And for Linux, in most cases, even new installation, patching everything, but some errors in configuration can lead to exploit that operating system. But basically, most hackers try to make some something on the largest group of computers. And right now, I think that focus are moving from Windows to Android operating system because we have more Android users. But uh, as you say, uh, Chromebook or Android operating system have totally different architecture. 
so you can't execute any root commands, etc. So uh, it's not so easy to create uh, uh, or break this operating system. Even architectural CPU uh, arm uh, don't have privilege mode, etc. So it's a lot, a lot, or much harder to to break. Uh, this operating system. But again, application which are running on this uh, 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 this operating system, uh, let's say slower because they don't have that kind of access. So uh, they can't execute directly instruction on CPU. They need to go through some framework, uh, etc. Now I'm going to switch to David because I want to ask him something. Uh, Damir has been tolerating users for the best part of two decades <laughs> when, it comes to, when it comes to uh, networks. How would you judge, because you were, spe you were specifically uh, doing the uh, education uh, environment, how would you judge the general knowledge about security, not networking, but security, when it comes to uh, people in education? Because what I would say is that uh, the security itself is not a problem as long as people are able to educate you on security. And my feeling, and I don't have as much experience as you, is that uh, the necessary knowledge does not exist in the education uh, environment. Yeah, that, that's correct presumption. Because from my experience, when everything is working well, their knowledge about security is zero. When something big happened, <laughs> the knowledge grows. But before that, it was... Close to zero. So th there's a case to be made there for permanent action being taken on the part of company to try to always kind of like make conscious effort for the users to be aware of those pro yeah, problematic we tried situations. That, but, but our other approach was let's we think about security instead of them. So, but that leads us directly to the t uh, to a situation in which security is offloaded to some black box, which is what most people want to do invest into black box one, two, and three, and think that that's going to universally help, which doesn't happen. But in the end, in the end, I think your approach is wrong. Because what you're doing, you're creating lazy users. Yeah. Users I have think we, we already have users. a lazy user. Okay. Yeah. And the, the other way is if you try to educate them, it will take a long, long time. And who knows whether they will like to be educated or not. No, there no, is they're, a, they're there not is an like issue right now, and we need to solve first the issue then try to educate them. But once they have a security breach, everything changed. So I can let them, I, I could let them get breached or they, they have a security issue, but <laughs> that's not also not a good approach. Okay, but uh, I think the approach would probably better be uh, combining uh, your part of trying to get them safe and also educating them. But I think that uh, you are right now saying that more or less that it's much simpler for you to do your job and ignore the users uh, than to try to uh, waste money on people who are not going to get educated, whatever you do. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but That's I was unfortunate, expecting the but question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, so we had an issue because we had uh, for few institutions, they shared the file using Windows Share. Un unsecure protocol, everything unsecure. They were just using it, and when we forbid it, we got a very big rent from from our users. Why we cannot share our files? <laughs> I know, I know, because I <coughs> was doing uh, simple Google searches for uh, Excel files, and I found uh, quite a bit of information about different people 
okay, uh, thankfully this is before GDPR, so I didn't have the necessity to report it, but I found, I don't know, information about uh, people credit lines, uh, pay, uh, payment information, uh, different information about their uh, faculty staff and so on, simply online. Because the, they, they decided that they're going to sh uh, share it by using the website. So they just uploaded to a website and said, okay, this is going to be Excel files and that's it. <laughs> so I, I know that this, uh, this part of security is basically a joke for most of the users. So basically, you can easily go to Shodan.io and uh, just uh, search for SMB or something. You will find hundreds, I, I probably. Think, not hundreds, like uh, thousands. ten thousands uh, open SMB protocols on the internet. So not internally in the company, just open to the internet. That's you know, plenty enough. You know that. And uh, just uh, sorry, just to mention something. You mentioned some black box, will, uh, which can help you. A lot of companies. I see some other big issue related to that. It's not related to educating people, but a lot of company buy very expensive equipment, and uh, that equipment can help them, but they don't know how to use the features. Yeah, configure and, them uh, correctly. They, they didn't configure. Man, this is, this is also training. It's a little different level of training, but it's also training. Because uh, uh, if you, uh, you wouldn't believe me, but it took me maybe 10 years to understand that SMB can work over the internet. Because I never thought that you would for any reason do it, so I didn't try it. And then I realized, realized that you can actually turn on the SMB, the SMB is going to be working over the internet and you can configure a uh, network in that way it's not that you should configure the network in that way but i never <laughs> thought it is even possible i <laughs> thought that microsoft was by default just limiting it to lim uh, local networking so basically it's not related to a uh, service messaging block protocol it's uh, related to NetBIOS protocol and i think starting windows I'm not in Windows 11 is not supported, but from Windows 19.5 or something, there is option NetBIOS over TCP. Mm -hmm. So, which yeah. is an, uh, NetBIOS is always an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. uh, gratefully, Microsoft decided that they're going to turn off SMB 1 in Windows 10. So it took them, what, 30 years to do so. <sighs> and make uh, a lot of, of complaints and uh, you still have way how to avoid that because uh, uh, so I mostly I mostly don't uh, uh, do anything expect my work uh, at university and uh, only things that I work aside is uh, support for some oper operational technology system some industry or something and uh, just for example a few years ago one company buy new equipment something for few million of euros and uh, they receive Windows NT for mm -hmm. new machine or yes. something. So basically, if from if you from the Windows 10 need to have access to some of these uh, mm -hmm. uh, machines, you need to downgrade enable cryptography. You need to downgrade basically uh, every everything. possible rule. PowerShell enable SMB1 and no. yeah. Yes, and this is this is also this is also the the thing in all not only the industry in the health uh, business, because the reason behind it is complicated, and the main reason is always money. Uh, uh, in the health industry, the problem is that if you are changing the entire uh, operating system, you need to recertify the entire device. 
I'm not sure that that the the reason is uh, red certification. I think that in most cases, reason is that you can't give Windows 10 to I don't know control some uh, uh, some industrial uh, machine device. or something. Okay, but oh, also just just imagine that you have Windows 10, uh, which controlling I I don't know these uh, Patriot rockets or yeah. something like that. And just imagine he just sees some rockets and need to fire and Windows update start mm -hmm. <laughs> or something. Okay. So basically, uh, Windows NT is the last Microsoft operating system where you from application can have full control of the hardware. So yes, that's, that, that's, that's, that's the reason why we have a lot of blue screens in these days because application can crash everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, in that case, application have full control and have opportunity to send signals, let's say in uh, 20 milliseconds Much time frame it would be, or something. Yeah. Today, you are not sure when Windows will give you the any time, time on to schedule. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. But actually, your discussion about industries uh, is a nice lead into another topic that I wanted us to cover. We kind of touched on this when we were looking at something during lunchtime today, which is the uh, percentages or division of the different types of cyber attacks per industry, if you remember our discussion. Yes. Uh, talk about that for a second, because I know there are some really interesting topics and realizations there. So basically... Right now in the head, I don't know real percentage, but the last year is the first year in the history that I know that we have most cyber attack on manufacturing industry. Yeah, but more than 20%, yeah. if I remember from the from the graph. And after yeah. that is financial health, uh, education, governmental education, etc. Yeah. Okay, is it just technical debt, uh, uh, just getting uh its own when it comes to industry so did the industry just simply ignore the security for so long that right now they just became a target simply because they are the target of opportunity so the opportunity is there because they didn't care about the security so it's my uh, uh, i think that in the time before stuxnet there is no company which produce equipment for industry or something which think about security at all. Most devices have uh, embedded some administrator service account, etc., which can't be uh, changed, etc., etc. And uh, after Stuxnet attack, companies start to think about security. And uh, in some country, there was some change in the law. So, for example, you, you mentioned health industry. I know that you work for them. So, like six, seven years ago, uh, in United States, they changed the law that uh, medical devices can't uh, have embedded accounts. Okay. Because uh, they all had default passwords, probably. Yeah. Uh, but you you don't have option to change, change that it password yeah, because it's worse. a password uh, for servicemen. So just imagine that you need, uh, I don't know, you're supporting uh, 100 CTS devices or something, and you have only one password for all of them to to do uh, repairing or something. But and that's the easy, worst, that's easy for the support. And the worst, worst thing is with that kind of access to uh, these devices, you are actually able to kill patient. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because yeah. as a regular user, as a radiologist or something, you are not able to put some values uh, like power of lasers or something uh, to some uh, some level which are dangerous. But uh, but as a serviceman, mm -hmm. there is no limit. So now you don't need the assistance of the doctor to kill people. Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's, that's just no. It's just me thinking loud, <laughs> thinking out loud and being crazy. Yes, fifty-one fifty, as Americans say. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's. So let's ba basically, let's say that twenty years ago, most of industrial uh, equipment was, let's say, relatively secure because they wasn't connected to the rest of the network in the company. Mm -hmm. Even they use protocols, networks uh, for communication between devices, etc. But they are separate from the internet, so there is no connection to the internet and there is no connection to your uh, business network. Problems start with lot of manufacturing industrial systems, uh, so a lot of company want to see how production going on, uh, etc. in the system. So you need to connect operation technology network to business environment. And when you do that, you open access to potential uh, malicious user because they will first, uh, in most cases, operation technology will not be directly connected to the internet but someone will break By to your uh, enterprise network and from that they will go to operation technology and most devices don't have any security controls. I have a, a question uh, that goes from completely different uh, direction actually. Both of you are uh, doing a course that's called operating systems. Now uh, let's get your education hats back on for a second because this is directly related to the, to the whole topic of that course. And in one of the learning outcomes, we teach people about embedded systems or at least we used to. Do you see uh, education about that for both system engineers and programmers? There's something that can be a worthwhile investment of, let's say, corporate or, uh, of course, students' time if they want to go into that type of industry and uh, change something. Because having old non-embedded systems or old embedded systems, uh, as, uh, specifically because of the reason that you mentioned, the ARP connection, visualization of the business process, whatever, th that doesn't make any sense uh, in a lot of uh, different ways. So basically when we're talking about embedded system uh, and uh, today is a very hype talking about internet of things devices etc yeah. it, it's the same things uh major selling point for all the company is uh cheapness of devices so basically let's say a lot of these company are aware that the product is not secure mm -hmm. but they use the hardware which are not able to do security. So for example, if you use, I don't know, Arduino, some device and build something around it. So all company knows that using TLS is much better if you need to communicate uh, through the internet. But if you want that Arduino do encryption and decryption of TLS or something, it's 95% of CPU time will be just for that. that and uh, again if it's the device need to work on some battery or something uh, so they decide okay we will ignore security and just increase functionality of device and uh, that battery uh, stay longer mm -hmm. etc what do you think well i agree 
uh, we try to learn the, the students to think about security, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, well, I, I was also working on my PhD about this IoT stuff and cloud connections. And let's, let's IoT put aside, somebody needs to protect all these devices. And I'm currently working on intermediate devices and let the intermediate devices protect the IoT devices. That could be one way, one approach. Yes, but how much how much should be uh how much security should be just uh forced on the user so we agreed that the user more or less either doesn't know or doesn't care about the security they're going to go the just the least uh the least expensive way when they're do dealing with something so do you think that maybe the operators or whoever is handling the network should just simply cut off the entirety of the uh, user population from everything that they can harm them. And then uh, maybe in an ideal world, uh, make them go through a set of tests to the, for them to prove that they are able to uh, work with the internet. <laughs> Unless Their worthiness. So <laughs> the worthiness. So let's, let's say that we, we would create something that would be more safe for the users and then the users will need to prove that they need something in order to get it yeah, like get driving it. license yeah. yes basically <laughs> the internet driving license yeah. or security driving license yeah that would be a great solution let, let <laughs> but, uh, but that, that, that's so something that should probably start doing during the very young education age then but we sh we, we we already started doing this no we Be didn't uh, but no no i i will not stop on that so i have very big concern related to any kind of uh, information technology or computing job or something. So there is no any regulation. So you can become security expert for some company without knowing anything. The there risk. is uh, no one check your knowledge. So basically, do you know uh, anyone or any country which say, okay, if you want to work as a system engineer in the company, you need to know that, that, that and that. Okay, but this is also the same way that we get politicians. So you don't need to prove anything, uh, not even not in including uh, being able to write and read to become a politician. So uh, this is this is not a big problem for me because I see a president. Thank you, Lord, for providing us with the chance to get YouTube flagged for one word that he just <laughs> said. <laughs> That's what we are looking for, man. Okay, so <laughs> I'm uh, going to beep it out. You so, know? but but uh, we already basically are doing this for the person because uh, the uh, operators are protecting themselves. Uh, some operators are protecting themselves from uh, torrents. They are trying to stop uh, file sharing. They are trying to stop uh, obvious uh, breaking of the law. And should it just become something mandatory for them to protect the users? So right now, most of the operators that I know here in Croatia providers. offer so some, or some sort of a service that enables you to pay for the protection. So either they do some uh, packet inspection or they are selling you and reselling you more or less crappy uh, uh, antivirus software an antivirus or protection software yeah. so it's not it's, it's i need to avoid using the uh, patented word so complete protection of your system against internet uh, problems and uh, this is right now basically the service you pay for should this service become something that the operator must do to protect the user i will just add one sentence they can provide you uh, full solution for protection from internet. Just yeah. cut you out. <laughs> okay, but we have we have operators that do that, but then the users are less than happy. 
Well, I wouldn't say the telecom operators should do that. If you have something that you want to have secure, put it in secure cloud environment. So cloud service providers should do that, not the okay. telecom operators. They're just, their work is get your packet on time with less latency and everything else. I believe okay. it's a telecom operator's job to do. Oh, you, you see clear distinction between those two things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I me too. Yeah, it's okay. Because I, 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 could, see the, I could see the telecom operators more or less the same thing as uh, uh, people who provide you with gas or water. So basically, uh, okay, market disproves you, but it's okay. Yes, but their job is to provide you with uh, how mu- however, uh, however much water you need uh, at the, any given time, and that's it. But what they have to do, the water has to be uh, healthy and it shouldn't harm you hmm. <laughs> because they have an obligation <laughs> to do this. this um, yeah, the electric company, much less so because we can talk about those things. But okay, let's not go talk about water. I consider internet to be as important as water for okay. a given for, for a given uh, for, for for a given thing. I fundamentally disagree with you, but I understand why you want to say that. How long can you live uh, uh, without the internet, and how much uh, how long do you can you live without water? Exactly my point. <laughs> It, 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 is it living without internet? It is. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, it is. So, <laughs> I would say it's chocolate. much harder, <laughs> but it's possible. So, but, but all the, yeah, but, yeah, but without Volt and Glovo, you yeah. mean? <laughs> but okay. But joking aside, all the different utilities have the minimum requirements that they have to uh, ha- uh, fulfill in order to give you some sort of a service. Since the uh, cyber attacks are actively harming you, should the uh, internet provider be the one uh, protecting you from cyber attacks? At least partially. Because partially, they have an ability, uh, they need to m- make sure that you are able to go to the internet. But the cyber attacks can harm you. Can I just say, okay, uh, water company needs to pr- provide me the water that won't harm me. So the internet company should be providing the internet that won't harm me. So that, basically, it, it's a much harder problem. How, co- how you expect that uh, uh, internet provider will detect any kind of uh, attacks or something. So if they are even able technically to do that we today we will not talking about security but Mm -hmm. uh, it's not possible so if someone steal i don't know your credentials and connect from internet to your company how you think that your telecom operator need to know that to prevent that or something there's there's another problem in in the thought process that he just presented but he does that on purpose and i like that which is that uh, internet access and water are not the same thing, and both of them are not treated as utilities all over the world. The amount of countries that uh, recognize internet access as a utility, what in the US they called it section seven or something, I don't remember the the correct term, something like that. Uh, Most companies, most most countries do not equate uh, internet and water as necessities. Yes, but on the other hand, the, the question is whether they should. But that's a but different. But right question. now they are trying to uh, say that it is a human right. So they are trying to even more ever elevate the part, uh, the, the uh, access to the internet as something that needs to be provided to every person, and it makes sense because without the internet right now you are almost non-existing. I know that it, it's, it's funny to say uh, you don't need the internet for everyday work, but you do. That's okay. But st- I think there's a fundamental difference between saying that you need water for life and internet for life. 
Okay. I Sorry, could. it's not the same thing. But not entirely. <laughs> not, not entirely, but... I we can agree with uh, I know, Yasmin. I know. I can if, also partially, but... If we can uh, say, okay, I don't need water if I ha- can have beer. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> okay, but water as a... Uh, okay, but without the internet, you wouldn't probably be able to get water anymore. Because in order to get water, you need some sort of money. And money is usually something you don't have unless you have the ATMs running. And if there is no internet, you have a problem. Also, the okay. industrial the industrial complex is working uh, based but, on the internet. But you change uh, now the, mm-hmm. the yes, way this, this of thinking. The, so yes, this you, is you didn't you, d- you first you didn't mention that there is no internet at all. It's no internet for you or no no water for you. But uh, globally, if there is no internet for everyone, I think that we will have very big issue in the first few years. Uh, for I'm everything. just going to say that my, my job here is to use every possible logical fallacy there is yes. to try to to try to <laughs> establish a line of thought that is completely impossible to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he does. Okay, next. Uh, do you have any, any other questions? But, uh, can, we, can we switch to something else? Switch to something else. Okay, quantum encryption and stuff like that. That's something that's probably the next step in or one of the next steps that are going to happen in uh, security, especially for, let's say, VPN connections and stuff like that. And, and uh, it's, uh, from what I know, from my limited experience with some of those systems, uh, it's already being used for some sorts of communication. So how, basically, do we, how do we see that? Basically, right now, major fo- uh, focus is not on quantum cryptography, it's on uh, quantum cryptanalysis. Mm-hmm. So basically, a few years ago, DARPA uh, have some uh, competition related to f- for succeeder of IIS algorithms, mm-hmm. uh, which are now is uh, officially approved by government uh, related to cryptography. And basically, right now, we don't have operational quant computers. Mm-hmm. So basically, there are only prototypes and uh, we are still don't have any problems with that but uh, basically if someone successfully built some operational uh, uh, quant computer with enough nodes etc uh, we will be able to break IIS in less than one year which are not acceptable for most country so basically for me personally if someone can decrypt something which i crypt today in one year it's not important far but but uh, for the government it's yeah, uh, different uh, different things so right now i de- i'm not sure about numbers so i think 11 proposals for uh, quant uh, uh, quant cryptography algorithms uh, are sent and I think that for two of them mathematicians find some flaws etc so they are discarded and uh, they are still evaluating nine so basically yeah. the same process that they used when they were approving RSA yes yeah, th- yeah, yeah. that makes sense okay yeah. so okay. basically it's uh, open to everyone and uh, from my knowledge I think that only mathematician trying to evaluate uh, everything and uh, probably globally thousand of them playing uh, and trying to figure out which is the let's say best one okay wouldn't it just be simple to just encrypt something like i don't know 
a million dollar uh, worth in bitcoins and then just uh, use different encryptions, put it on the internet and say, okay, do your best. So basically, I think that DARPA give one million US dollars uh, uh, reward for the best algorithms. Or, yes, but or uh, I was, when you uh, when you come to testing, you just encrypt a million dollars of bitcoins, put it on the website, and say, okay, whoever decrypts this uh, gets have a go with it. Uh, have a go, a go with it, and we don't need the, the dedicated testing teams because they already have the uh, reason why, why why they would do that. Yes, it's a all known concept called bounty programs yes. or something, but I, I don't know why, but it's a good idea to do that. Just create wallet and encrypt it and put it on the I internet. The but the, but the basically the reason why I think why they don't uh, don't do that because if someone successfully break it uh, a reason for breaking some code can be different. So maybe uh, I be lucky and in my first attempt just successfully guess uh, the key. Okay, that doesn't mean that algorithm is wrong. Mm -hmm. okay, so basically, they trying to find mathematician proof for uh, for the goodness of some of these algorithms. Okay, but on the other hand, uh, if somebody is able to break something just by pure luck uh, in a couple of days, then maybe we have a deeper problem than the algorithm itself. So there is no uh, one hundred percent. Okay, uh, I know, I know that uh, any uh, any encryption algorithms. Uh, uh, are safe if you or not safe because you always have chance to try all possible keys. And you can you can just by and guess, when you guessing you can just guess the key and just and decrypt it. So in the let's say the hardest way will be that the last one will be uh, uh, the good one. Yeah, statistically the, speaking, not going to happen. But still, statistically yes. speaking. Uh, so there is uh, uh, some mathematician problem or uh, probability problem. How many people need to be in the same room to have probability more than 50% that have uh, the, the birthday day. on the yeah, same day? Knut problem. What is something like 11? 22. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, okay. So it's not half of them. Mm -hmm. So it's related also to cyber attacks when you're trying to uh, to break some uh, some key. So for example, I don't know. You have bicycle. You have some lock with three numbers. So everyone can break it. He just need to to yeah, try a thousand uh, thousand combination. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I can I can partially relate to that. And basically, in he, most cases, he's now afraid he, for his, his bicycle. He will not. Uh, uh, in most cases, you will not need thousand. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Statistically speaking, yet again, you're correct. Okay, but enough statistics. Uh, I, let, let's not mi mi mix math into this thing because uh, it's all about math. <laughs> yes, but I know. But let's let's not do it. Let's let's keep it. Uh, but I have to ask another question that's kind of semi-related to it. Okay. How do you see uh, when we touched we touched upon the topic of AIML? How do you see their role in security in future? That's a much more interesting topic. So IE will be used for security experts, but also for uh, hackers. Uh, so in last few months, we are witnessing these 
let's say, large language model revolution or something, and uh, there is a lot uh, talking about it uh, and uh, trying to regulate everything, but uh, most people are not aware that the models like that exist last, last 10 years mm -hmm. or something like that, but they wasn't free. Mm -hmm. Uh, even OpenIE is uh, open source, so you can download all the code and run it on your equipment. It's not cheap, but you can do it. So basically, uh, we're witnessing that a lot of hackers use large language model to uh, produce phishing emails, which are now, okay, now you can suspect that something was wrong if there is no grammatical errors. <laughs> because in most cases, uh, uh, people are not able to to write everything grammatically right. correct sentence. yes and uh, uh, another things related to I, I hate term artificial intelligence I like to uh, use machine learning because intelligence is something totally different and my opinion is that uh, 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 magicians still don't know how brain works, so we are not able to simulate brain to be able to create some machine which will simulate a human and be intelligent, etc. But again, uh, uh, it's called different topics defining what is intelligence, etc. No, is it analog? Uh, is it digital? Is it somewhere in between? Uh, and uh, 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 we are not talking only for these uh, language models. There are different things of attacks which hackers use. For example, uh, they can use deep fake technology to simulate audio, simulate uh, video files. So basically, I think 99% of people, uh, no, no, 99, 30% of people <laughs> in the world when they receive some emails, when uh, the boss asks them to do something which are suspicious, they will call to check. Or you would like, yeah, that's not and the majority. Not majority, but a lot of people will do that. But if you receive phone call from the phone number of your boss and the voice of your boss telling mm -hmm. you to do something. Yeah. What will you do? Usually we'll just do it. Yeah. And uh, 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 for opposite side, we using machine learning uh, algorithms last decades for improving security products. So basically you are aware that uh, Microsoft Defender is one of the uh, best antivirus programs right now. And the reason is machine learning because they collect all these uh, telemetry data for all the Windows system. And so right now they are the company who are first aware of any process, new process which exists. So basically, if you write your uh, Hello World application and run it on your Windows, when you compile it and run, Microsoft will know, oh, there is new application exists. I was always uh, wondering how do they sort out uh, malicious programs from Microsoft products that are crashing? <laughs> because this this seems to be a computationally hard problem. But then that's just me because today I have a special, I have a special uh, a special uh, place in my heart for Microsoft products today because uh, in the other news I learned that uh, your Windows 11 can crash if you uh, plug uh, Xbox controller that has not been updated to the latest version of the firmware once and then the uh, Windows 11 is, will continue crashing 
until you update the controller, even if, even if the controller is not there. Mm -hmm. I'm at loss for words because I cannot understand what is happening there. He always, uh, he's a very good beta tester for crap. But for right, all of the weird stuff that no, can no, no, happen. No, 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 I'm doing the alpha testing. I, I don't do beta okay, testing. Okay, sorry. I, I leave Even beta testing to the professionals. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. It's not as if you work for a company that has a lot of alpha and beta but testing. But if you, if you, if you work, for, if you're uh, dealing with uh, Windows 11, you're just evil can evil of the uh, software world. <laughs> <laughs> you just drop, drop in head first and try to stay alive. But what? anyways, uh, yeah. go continue. Uh, what are we going to do about the the proliferation of these I IoT things, devices? What are we going to do about all of the washing machines on the internet and all of the other stuff that uh, that people want to use? How about no. that from security? The control? only the only thing we can do is make sure where they connect, make make some kind of tunnels where where the washing machine can connect. I mean, because there are so many different appliances that can nowadays connect yeah. and exchange information and analyze stuff like, uh, let's say, smart refrigerators. They can, uh, like, uh, analyze what what you have in and uh, send you a message in terms of what you need to buy, stuff like that. Where does that end? I mean, from security standpoint, uh, let alone privacy standpoint. They can only connect to one point on the Internet. And one point on the Internet can connect to them. So the only, the only firewall, firewall everything else out. Yeah. Holy moly, you're worse than I am. Would it, be it, it. would it be viable to create networking equipment that would detect uh, Internet of Things uh, and then automatically sandbox them? So basically, create the routers that are going to automatically sandbox everything that is Internet of Things and in the create the entire separate network for them, uh, keep them separate from your regular network. I, th I think there are already devices that do that right now that can, s uh, for example, create some kind of other wireless VLANs for separate devices, so they can detect this is not your own device. It I will put it in the, for example, guest network, some kind of perimeter I network I or I something. I yeah. think that is th what you're saying is not possible, but there is work around. Again, you need to have support of all the companies which produce IT devices or something that uh, they create some kind of I don't know PowerShell or something. Uh, when you put your new device uh, in your uh, home or something, that they send command to the router or firewall to create some rules. Because even if you detect that that is some kind of IoT device, I don't know, some webcam or something, uh, how you expect that firewall will know uh, how to create that rule? So UPnP basically. Yes. But you uh, reverse UPnP so that the firewall knows that it shouldn't be allowing this device to work. Uh, but uh, that device need to send information about IP addresses which will need to be uh, accessed. Uh, accessed. Accessed. Yeah. Okay. So basically, it's UPnP with uh, with additional twist. Makes sense. Okay. Do but then uh, no, no, I like I like Damir's uh, thought. Yeah. Damage thought of completely isolating the entire internet of things. Yeah, that's uh, completely on, you. On, onto an under, one, uh, one IP address, this is completely me. Yes, I, absolutely. I would completely <laughs> agree with this because... If there was an IT uh, micromanager in terms of doing weird stuff on network for the purpose of either just doing it or because we can or a combination of those two, that's him. I'm just for trying out how the packets can go through the network without any uh, idea where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically want to deal with uh, weird routing. Issues. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, you, yes, we yes. already have problems with that. 
Okay, I, I just have one more question. It's for closing, but if you have any others, go ahead. No, 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 just, just, just go, because I started this thing, but so you, you need to end it. Oh, the natural rules. You can think about that later. So um, yeah, just, just uh, some question for Yasmin. Uh, so we're talking about these packets or something, uh, and uh, I have one question. Someone need to find some way how to put in packets some material. Okay. Not just electrons. To, to use it for transferring things, etc. <laughs> yes, and I, I, always, think I, I wanted to download pizza and coffee, yes. And this is the thing that I'm... I like uh, that very much. I'm right, I'm right now always uh, on, on the lookout for that. If you make it, I'll, I'll buy it. That's not a problem. No, no, I, I'm waiting that someone make it. I will just use it. But so this makes us average users. So we are just <laughs> waiting for somebody to come out with the idea. <laughs> this needs to be sorted. This needs to be sorted. This, need, uh, this needs high priority. No, because no, I have an idea. But someone need to do it. Ah, okay. <laughs> so you are going to patent the idea and let somebody else do the work for you. <laughs> oh man, I'll collect the royalties. <laughs> that sounds good, like a good plan. I see an can we can we split? <laughs> I, I see an it's a hard to work in academic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can see an RFC coming. Pizza delivery over uh, IP networking. Pizza as a service. Can, uh, <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking, uh, it's going to be the same thing that. Uh, Almost every other uh, thing uh, on the internet does. So if you don't pay the subscription, lose you lose all the pizzas that you already downloaded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which means that you're just going to deflate. Yes, <laughs> just going to get slim. Okay. Uh, so th the last topic before the clo we close the session down is related to something that we did recently. So we are coming off from a very successful and quite big, very well. Uh, let's say received conference about security and uh, on the topic of NIS2 and some other related topics. Um, I think that that kind of jump started or, or sparked a conversation uh, in the public about what needs to happen next. From that perspective and also having in mind that we do a specific type of work which is directly related to that, what happens next. Uh, do you see any kind of uh, way in which we can continue informing the general public, let's say, about the implications of security and NIS2 and in general security, just as, a, as an idea, apart from organizing, organizing conferences or doing podcasts or, you know, writing articles or doing education that we do? Is there something that's more penetrable? in terms of getting uh, getting the message across because message is not becoming less important it is becoming more important as time goes by so basically if i see this as uh, one of the uh, media stuff or something i think that in the last 20 years is the first time that i have any kind of media something which are not result of some cyber major cyber attack or something like that so basically, uh, in most cases, media talk about cybersecurity after some cyber breach or major Reactive cyber attack or yeah. something like that. And uh, there is some other things which are also not interesting for the media. Even uh, in that o o occasion, they have some panels or something and there is, I don't know, 10 cybersecurity experts, etc. And, and all of us agree that security need to be in focus and need to be much more strict, and regulated, etc. Yes. And uh, basically, it's not interesting for media if you have all the people who just agree with everyone else. So they, they want to have some discussion and uh, some fight between uh, uh, speakers. 
and I think that all so. Uh, just to go back to the NISTO directive, etc. So basically, it's not related to general public at all. I know. Okay. So I, I was a, just using it as a metaphor. Oh, it's a, uh, it's a only for, uh, 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 let's say, in Croatia, few percent of the companies uh, will be uh, will need to improve security to support uh, this new directive. And uh, the major major thing for all this company is the cost to be compliant with that. And my opinion is that it's not cost, it's investment in security and business continuity for, for these, uh, uh, these companies. Potato, potato. And uh, related for the uh, public or the rest, we need to have some security awareness programs, uh, 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 etc. So basically, I like the way they how how Croatia will uh, implement this NISTO directive you know, because I think that there is no country which are not leak of cybersecurity experts and there is no way that uh, in any country every company have at least one cybersecurity expert mm -hmm. there is no, no enough cybersecurity experts and I always hate uh, uh, all the government agencies etc which just produce some policy documents, etc., and send to everyone, you need to implement that. And uh, most of the company don't even know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And now we will have some uh, agencies which will operationally help these companies, not mm -hmm. by creating some rules, but uh, operational help. Mm -hmm. And I think for every country is much easier to create. Okay, Croatia is a small country, so I think that one uh, uh, team with 100 cybersecurity experts can deal with all security incident in the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, they will be great because they can can be specialized for a different type of attacks and support different companies yes and the thing is that, that i like about this too is the thing that they put in when they said that uh, every company that wants to implement this too can do it yes because this actually means that the company that has three people inside them can uh ask to be part of this too and then use the security ex experts from the government uh, to establish if there is such a model, uh, uh, okay. So uh, there is and maybe this, this is maybe amazing. something uh, misunderstanding. So you can apply for it, and uh, uh, government will decide: will you be part of it? It's related. Uh, is your business is any uh, national security critical, uh, uh, critical or not? But so I know basically, that if you have a, a bar and you apply for to be protected from the government, probably they will deny your request. Yes, but I know that I'm going to be one of the guys who is going to organize people to become uh, NIST, NISTO users simply because this is the way to improve the security without requiring security experts. And this is a good thing to do. Uh, also, uh, it makes uh, security a prime choice for every company because they can actually get something for free. And this is okay. This is completely okay. And I need, I need, uh, I, I'm completely on the side of making all the operators, uh, be them telecom operators or whatever operators, cloud security operators, whatever, 
part of NIST2 simply because they are going to need to protect the users there. But uh, I'm surprised that you uh, think about it because you forgot one big major thing if you do that. Yes. What will be with uh, private security companies which right now providing these services? Uh, which uh, part of him trolling and being like that uh, didn't you understand? I don't see a problem with private security companies here in Croatia because I don't see them having that many uh, clients here in Croatia. And they would get, uh, then, then we need to completely uh, orient themselves to the foreign market so they would still get the money and they would get uh, asked to do the consulting yes, for the private companies. But NISTO directive is not only for Croatia, it's from, uh, for European Union yes, and uh, probably need, we, we need some, be, we need some be special. And, uh, no, we don't. No. no, no, but we need to be special. When we do the, something, we need to be special. Mm -hmm. Like GDPR, when we are creating GDPR directives, we, we are going to say we are going to be in it, but we are not going to have any uh, possible penalties for, for, the government. Government, for the government. Which most of the countries did, not only Croatia. Yes. yes. The, the reason why the government is uh, uh, not... Uh, can uh, uh, be pensioned because in that way, just imagine that some, uh, I don't know, ministry or something uh, create something which are GDPR, uh, uh, violate uh, GDPR compliance. They will need, need to pay the penalty to the same account which are they use for the... Yeah, for the, situ the basic but country this, budget. This, yes. wouldn't be, this wouldn't be a problem for me. Because I would just then um, create a small spreadsheet that would say, okay, how much money did the government had to pay to itself because they are completely unaware of what GDPR is? Okay, let's <laughs> let's let's close this down because I'm just just going to give you a closing thought. We're talking to a person who complained to our, one of our regulators about the post office, by the way, correctly so, for misrepresenting the status of the shipments. And he got uh, actually a reply from the agency to provide some more information and that might actually be successful and might be something that's uh, a good thing that he did for the public. But still, you know, you're talking to a person who did that. Yes, Just have that in mind. It, it is possible. It needs yeah. to be done, yes. If you, have, if you have a government account that is going to uh, reply to you, you don't know if it's working unless you test it. <laughs> so you just need to You're testing operations and security. Yes, 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 yes that's it. Thing. So secure communication established and communication itself established. Not necessarily secure because I had to put the, put the question in through the uh, form on the internet and I had to wait for something like close to two months before I got the answer. But then again, it, 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 was, nothing. it was kind of sort of working. Yeah. Makes okay. you feel all so, so soft and cuddly. No, 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 it didn't. But okay, <laughs> let's finish this, this thing off. Do it. Do it. Uh, you started, you finish. So what did, did we learn? Absolutely nothing. We are not secured. <laughs> we are not secure. We cannot be secure. Uh, we should be using uh, only one single IP address for all the Internet of Things. Uh, per device? Uh, Devices. Uh, devices. Uh, so you buy uh, uh, all the devices from the same. I need to know which which IP address. And you forgot. Uh, you, that you, have, you have to have that in documentation. And you forgot that we need to go back to Netscape. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we need to go yes. back to Netscape. We need to go back to Netscape. What we also need to do, I need to know which IP address are we going to choose, because then we will make money. <laughs> that, that's it. Like like we had one 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 four 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 eight 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 and so on uh, IP addresses that got uh, bought for a lot of money by Google and uh, Cloudflare.
<laughs> but anyways uh thank you for being with us thank you uh, zlatan thank you damir uh this was i would, would call it amazing but at the same time it was depressing because talking <laughs> about security always is and talking about user doubly so so yeah. let's close this thing down with whether i'm trying to be uh at least a bit uplifting no uh, uh let's call this that tight show on the road and close yes it down. Okay. okay so thank yeah. you for being with us yeah and thank you for having us Oh, yeah. we'll keep on having you for future episodes as well. No, you're you're not getting off the off the leash. Yeah, <laughs> off the hook. Off the hook. Yeah. No, off the leash. <laughs> <laughs> on that leash is much better. <laughs> yeah, on that bombshell. See you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.